this thing about fear, like these plans are, are, are like a weird sort of protection that we feel that we need to have against this chaotic world in a way, or what we perceive as being this chaotic world. And, and I think that what Joseph Campbell is, is kind of imploring people to do is that it's like, well, give up the plan and you might actually discover what your life is about. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Welcome back, listeners, for another artist wisdom series episode our second artist wisdom series we thought it was time to to dive back into this one pull a quote from an artist slash wise human being throughout the course of human history and today we've landed on the one and only joseph campbell uh and the quote i mean we're going to talk a little bit i think about joseph campbell here as well just as a as a person But the quote we're uh, operating from today goes as follows. We must be willing to get rid of the life we've planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. Mm. Mm -mm -mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so, I mean, there's so many unbelievable Joseph Campbell quotes. Like, anyone listening, just, just throw that in a little Google search. Or a duck, duck, go search. <laughs> and just pull up Joseph Campbell quotes and have your mind blown um, by the amount of wisdom that uh, that this person has shared with the world that they have put down. Um, so, Brandon, what do you want to say to start things off with? I have to be honest. This quote was something that came up for me during one of the hardest times in my life. And I think that, you know, I think there's a reason why it was so poignant for me when, when it actually did show up, because when you're in a kind of a depressed place, you are hanging on to this life, right? You're hanging on to some idea and like one of the hardest parts about it, I mean, it's probably different for everybody in their own way, but like, for me, part of it was that like, you're hanging on to this life and this idea of how your life's supposed to go. And there's this kind of maybe looming disappointment, this, uh, what's the point thing going on. I mean, that's part of the depression, um, you know, lack of purpose, just all of this stuff. And so when you, for me, all I can say is this, all I can say is for me, when I was in the dark depths of whatever that was, I, I was just like, this is not, this is either the story ends here. Like literally my life ends here, which I wasn't willing to do for some reason, there was enough of a spark in me to say, that's not an option. And it was like, if that's the case, if you're going to live on, then you're not 
we're not living in this. There's no fucking way. And so when I came across this quote, it was kind of like, yeah, that's right. This has to die. So this new thing can be born. And I have no idea what it is. And it's actually frightening. <laughs> yeah. That's what they don't tell you, but it's also <laughs> exciting, which is also the great part about it. And I think mm -hmm. there's, you don't have to meet a point of depression to get to this, this wisdom. But for me, it definitely helped me crawl out of the valley and up the mountain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, before we dive into the quote, I'm going to share like, and, and don't get me wrong, everybody. I am by no means uh, extraordinarily well versed and educated in the, you know, the complete story of Joseph Campbell. But there are a few things that I think I know about him as a, as a person that I think is maybe important in terms of before we launch into this quote, like discussing who he was and and kind of where he put his attention and focus in his life. So Joseph Campbell, I mean, he was an author. He was an academic, a scholar. I'm pretty sure he was a professor uh, of some kind uh, at like a big university, which I cannot recall. But uh, he pretty much spent most of his career exploring and examining story and myth throughout human history. And he wrote the book, The Hero's Journey, um, which is kind of a, like a modern day classic story that, that really covers into like, okay, these stories that we've been telling each other, that human beings have been telling from the beginning. And he, in many ways, found these deep threads that, that, you can find across all of them, you know, like these deep things that, um, that, and in many ways, his message was, look, these aren't just stories. These aren't just for fun and entertainment. These stories are saying something are saying something very important. They're not just about these people. These, these people are you, right? You are these people and, mm. and you are on your hero's journey right? You are discovering, you are getting lost, you are facing adversity and danger, and you are transcending and, and growing and, and lending, to my understanding, lending that perspective, kind of inviting everybody, you know, every human being to engage with their own life as a kind of odyssey uh, and to see their life in, in those contexts. Um, so, I think that that kind of lays, do, is there anything you want to say about Joseph Campbell before we dive into the quote? That's what comes to my immediate mind about him as a, as a person. I love what you put forth. I mean, I think that's great. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the things is like, you know, as you pursue the arts and, and you, and you, and you venture into this stuff, it's good to know your history a little bit to understand where things came from and how things evolved. But I think also as a human being, just like living your life, understanding that art is actually a very important part of your life and that you might not think you're creative or artistic or whatever, but it doesn't mean that art isn't relevant to you. It's, it's actually very important, regardless of whether you want to create it or not. Because some people, I think for them, they don't care. They're not really interested in creating art. That's not what they're here for. And maybe they don't even listen to our podcast for that reason. But um, your life is still an art piece, whether you think of yourself as this like 
I don't know, creative in it or not, it's irrelevant. Like your whole experience is, is unique and profound and interesting and it's all what you make of it. And I think just the act of choosing how to perceive it is such an important creative act for every human being that it, it serves us all to, to look at it. And I guess I'll add this. One thing that I kind of derived from the Joseph Campbell kind of approach to storytelling and his, everything that he put forth was that you really have two types of people ultimately in a story. You have people who are um, champions or victims, or you could say active or passive and passive people, the world happens to them. Active people respond to the world as it happens and try to do something about it. And there's a very different type of mentality. You know, you, you, there's no way you could ever be a hero by, unless by total chance, maybe you could be, but like, there's no way you're ever going to be heroic in your life. If you're letting life happen to you, the champion, the, the active person meets adversity and tries to find a way through it, tries to find a way over it, around it. They don't sit there and complain. They don't blame. They don't make excuses. And if they do any of those things, they do them temporarily. And then they realize, Hey, this isn't working. I need to get over it. Um, Mm -hmm. in not so many words, but in some ways in more words, I think he implies a lot of that through story. He, he, he puts forth the idea that you have to change and story, um, you know, when you meet the story of your life, you have to change and adapt to it. And that is an active character, active characters, um, whether by choice, by will, or just by necessity, they tend to change the story events happen. They tend to change in response to them, which turns them from even a passive character into an active character. But at some point in your life, this is the bottom line, Evan, in my opinion, (laughs) at some point, you must become active in your life. You must no longer be at the whim of the world. You must begin to meet the whims of the world. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There was, yeah. So for like Joseph Campbell, it was, um, there's this invitation into, into something, right? That, uh, the great stories of humanity are, you know, they are, they are, they are just that they are human stories. They're not just about these people. They are on some level, the human, the human story. And mm-hmm. I think that that context uh, helps us actually get into this quote in some ways a little bit more deeply um, in terms of like get rid of the life that you have planned right um because how many of the great stories (laughs) that have been told that are told are are ones where people have these plans Mm. right (laughs) they have these plans for how their life is supposed to be um all this stuff like i think uh another way of looking at the most popular story structure and I can't remember who it was who, I mean, there's been a numerous people, but I think there was one main person whose name eludes me right now, but they noticed that 
most stories, the most popular stories uh, that we have is is what he called like man in hole. <laughs> man man or man or woman in hole. And the structure of that that is essentially like at the beginning we have our protagonist, we have our hero, right? Who's just this person, they're going about their lives, things are even going quite well for them. You know, things are are working out, they're they're going about their motions, they're they're maybe successful in a number of different ways in their life, and then something fucking happens. <laughs> something happens and they're and everything they thought, everything that they they relied on or trusted or whatever it is, um, is taken away from them. Something is taken away and they kind of go and they hit a, a sort of a rock bottom or they they hit some kind of low in their life and the plan has gone to shit and something else happens as a result of it. But, you know, that whole story is usually one of the person growing, like in some ways implying that what happened almost had to happen to this person, right? Like what happened was, was always going to happen or was, was, was always a part of, of their life. There was some kind of growth, some kind of thing that they needed to, that they needed to get from this experience so that they could become more than what they were before where they discover, Oh shit, that life path that I was on that career, that relationship, that, you know, um, ambition, that whatever it was not is, is not actually the thing that I wanted. Right. Or there was some way in which I was kidding myself. There was some way in which I was not, actually being true and living uh as the person that I truly am right I think that that's really what the what the best stories uh or at least in this particular structure is that like but it's I think there's a reason why it's kind of the most popular type of story right what we gravitate towards is that it's like oh yeah there's life has this kind of funny thing and you know I know that you had um mentioned this thing of like oh it's about taking action not being at the whims of the world and what i'm saying almost sounds like i'm contradicting you and maybe in some ways i am and but maybe not as much as as i might think that i am because very often these stories kind of like well some of the stuff was unavoidable right like th these these things happen in life you don't have control over everything um, but there's the response, right? How the character ultimately ends up responding is an active thing, right? It's never a passive thing. We're not really interested in watching a passive person. And as you said, only momentarily, you know, we'll only, we'll only entertain, uh, a person kind of wallowing in their own self pity, <laughs> uh, for so long before we just get bored of it we get exhausted of it we want to see that we want to see the hero grow we want to see them transcend and overcome uh 
whatever it is that they're they're facing in some way. So, uh, Brandon, I don't know what you got. You got a rebuttal. You got a rebuttal. Well, okay. One, we're, I want to get to this in a second, but I want to know where you think you might be contradicting me. I want to talk about that because I think it'll help open up some things. But this is interesting because this actually came up as a question in class the other day um, when I'm teaching my storytelling class. And uh, um, I, I actually rely a lot on Joseph Campbell as a cornerstone of teaching story because I think it's really important. I think you need to understand the hero's journey simply so that if you want to bend it or break it or move around it, you understand why it's so foundational to so much stuff. But one of the students asked, um, they said, well, what if someone like loses their, their wife and their house and their family, and then they are just sitting there crying because they're not capable of dealing with it. And I'm like, exactly. They're not capable of dealing with it yet. They're not, does it like, yes, they're passive in this moment because they simply quite simply are not capable of, of dealing with the grief, dealing with the devastation, dealing with whatever it is they're dealing with. But the point is, is it's temporary. The point is, is that at some point they're going to try to rise to the occasion and, and overcome it. And they're going to grow past it. And they're going to figure out how to move on, carry on and do what they need to do. But I said, your, your story doesn't have to like have a character always be like time to get to work. You know, like the moment yeah. something devastating happens, that would be you know, that wouldn't be human. That wouldn't be real. You know, there are things in story and in life that are bigger than us at the time we interact with them. And actually I would argue that most of that's what story is, that you're constantly meeting things that are bigger than who you think you are. And you're finding a way to realize that it's the opposite. And the, the cornerstone of story, in my opinion, is ultimately the character realizes that they are bigger than the events that they face because win or lose, they become the kind of person that will meet them head on. And the, the, you know, nobody wants to cheer for the coward that's too afraid to even show up. But the hero that goes to battle and dies in battle, but fights in battle, you know, fights for the right thing, fights for the good thing. And even though they know it's a losing battle, but they do the fight anyway, they, they figure out a way to, to meet the challenge. They die a hero because they didn't just cower and back down in the face of adversity. And so much of that's what story is. And I think humanity constantly wants ways to inspire us and, and get us to, um, rise to our adversity because the only way like you can you can die a thousand times or you can die once and if you want to die once you you live as a hero you live as a courageous active champion of life who meets their challenges and eventually you're going to hit your point whether it's old age or battle or something and you are going to die and the champion knows that that is the point of death. Whether I die in battle or I die of old age, I will have met that point wholeheartedly, fully, and whatever that is. And every time they escape sure, sure death and they survive another day to, to long life, to, to old age death, they go, that was another win. That was another win. That was another win. Whereas the coward dies a thousand deaths because every time they meet adversity, they back down, they cower, they blame, they excuse themselves. They do all of this. And 
you know, if you're an audience member out there listening to this, this is why this is so important to you because every time you back down from your dream, every time there's someone you want to talk to that you're too scared to talk to and you don't do it, you die, you die, you die, you die, you die. And you die over and over and over again. If you die enough, you start to believe you're, you're the walking dead. You're nothing. So this is why you just have to go, I'm scared. I don't know if I can do it. It's a sure loss, but I'm going to go out and I'm going to do it anyway. And when you start to find out that you're bigger than what you thought you were, you're going to realize that you are heroic and people are going to notice it as well because it's, 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 it's inspirational story to demonstrate this just before I move on, Evan. I remember being in high school, we went to the mall. We went to go grab some lunch. We were in the mall. I'm sitting there with a bunch of guys. I see a group of girls over there. I looked at one girl in the group and I thought, man, I like her. And I told my friends, man, she's really pretty. I'd like to talk to her. And the guys like, oh, you know, can't do that. They're with their friends, you know, you know whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck it, I'm doing it. And I walked up to them walked up to them and I started talking to them. And you know what? The girl turned me down when I asked her for a number or whatever the heck I did. But I said, all right, all right. Well, you know, I just want to talk to you. I walked back. I was whatever. And this, one of the guys in the group goes, man, you're my hero. (laughs) And the thing is, is like, I got shot down, man. I got shot down, but he thought, wow, like you went up there and you did it. And the Mm -hmm. thing is, is I learned some valuable lessons that day. I learned that I didn't die. In fact, I learned something. I learned something about, you know, how to sit in that situation, how to be okay, that I won't like the worst fear that I have about what will happen probably won't happen. You know, that it's admirable that it was inspirational to these guys. I learned a lot of things from that moment. And, and you know what, that was the day I lived. Right. But I didn't get what I wanted, but I lived. I died in battle. I walked up to the girls. I got shot down. I died in battle, but I lived. And when you get that in life, man, you are the hero of your journey, right? That's the, that's the point. And I think if we go back to this quote, you know, there's this life behind fear and there's this life after fear. And you have to let go of the life behind fear. You have to, you have to embrace that life that's after fear. You have to try to cross that chasm into the next world. Yeah, that's interesting because it's, um, you bring an interesting aspect in into that because the life we planned, right? And you're sort of equating that with, with fear. There's the life you planned. Why do we have a plan for our lives? Because we're afraid. We're afraid yeah, of what, totally. we're afraid we're of afraid what happens. what would happen. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like our defense against the world, you know, is our plan for our lives and you know the world has has other plans <laughs> for us right so Which true is, um oh man there are so many there are so many things that are coming that that i'm like oh there's so many threads we can pull on this conversation um but to to address what you're asked because you're asking me like well what was what do i think might be contradicting what you had said and it was really your comment about how uh we're not we're not like, um, you know, we're not just sort of at the whims of the world kind of thing. And it's like, well, in some ways we kind of, we kind of are Hmm. from a certain perspective where it's like, well, it's like this, 
the the life you you planned like you don't things don't always go the way you want there are things that are unexpected that that can always come up and it's about sort of how you respond so that was what i was saying is that there's um there's I think there's we, i think we agree i think it's like uh, semantics because really like like I agree with you, like, and, and actually this is something I teach in my course because the whole inciting incident, the thing that incites you into action is supposed to be something that's out of your control. Cause if you were mm -hmm. in control, why would it really incite you into being this next version of yourself? But yeah. it's, um, in, in my storytelling version, and I, I know Joseph Campbell calls it probably something different. I call it the turning point because I call it the decision in action, which is actually something I can, funny enough, learned from Tony Robbins, but Tony yeah. Robbins talked about this and he pointed out that like, look, you don't make a decision until you take action. And I was like, well, that's so true because in story, you can, you can, you can have something happen and you can be like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to talk to that person. I'm going to say this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bullshit, do something with that decision. And then, you know, action talks, bullshit walks kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And, and so I agree with you though, like th there are things that happen that we have, we are, that put us at the whim of the world. And it's, it's, but, but I think this comes back to your teaching with Meisner too. It's like, but what's your response? Mm -hmm. How do you respond? Because yes, you didn't have a control over how they felt, what they did, how they acted, how they paid attention, didn't pay attention, how they felt, whatever. But how do you respond? And you always have a response and mm -hmm. that's your active move, right? But if your active response is, oh, they didn't do the right emotion. They didn't say the right line. They didn't like, like, come on, man. Like you're not playing the game anymore, right? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta play the game. You gotta figure it out, you know? And one last thing, sorry, Evan, I just yeah, have to yeah, say yeah. this because I feel like it's a really important thing, you know, in acting, right? When mistakes happen, we call them these gifts sometimes because they happen and then things don't go as you plan, but then it opens up the scene in a whole new way. Like on one podcast, I shared about spilling the spaghetti in the middle of the scene. We weren't supposed to do that, but then for the rest of the scene, we're dealing with the spilled spaghetti in the middle of the kitchen. You know, it's like it changed the dynamic of things, but it made it really interesting, you know? Yeah. 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 Completely. And I think that so much of, yeah, like this quote is about embracing. So yeah, we are essentially talking about the same, the same thing. It's like more so it's like, well, you know, we, we aren't invulnerable to unknown uncontrolled things happening but it's yeah it's always the response it's our ability to respond to call an audible <laughs> yeah yeah totally you know what i mean like and and move away from from the plan and uh you know i, I just wanted i want to touch on a few other things that you had said earlier because there were so many things that were coming to mind just in terms of um you know story and, and like some of what you were talking about it made me think of like a TV series like Breaking Bad or Ozark, right? Which is in some ways I think Ozark is like the Breaking Bad spiritual successor. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you have these characters who's like thrown into these crazy situations and they have to act. They have to respond, you know, like they wouldn't have asked for this stuff to happen, but it's happening and they're responding and in, in, in discovering that what they can do. And... I'll, I'll go to Breaking Bad because I'm not up to date with Ozark yet. Um, 
And so spoiler alert for anybody <laughs> who hasn't watched Breaking Bad. Um, but, you know, there's there's this whole thing with, um, you know, with Walter White where it all begins with him having cancer, needing to make money for his family. And at a certain, as the show goes on and he's responding to all of these crazy situations, right? And coming out on top. And eventually, and his cancer goes away, and suddenly he's like this drug tycoon. And at a certain point in the series, he becomes so self-inflated by what he can do, where he's like kind of got this God complex where like nothing can stop him until the cancer comes back. Mm. (laughs) Right? And it changes everything again, you know, these uncontrolled, but like he's, he's, he discovers himself in a weird kind of way in the show. Oh God, it's such a good show. I'm like, I got to rewatch the whole thing again. Now that I'm thinking yeah. about it, because yeah. this conversation is, is actually showing me revealing stuff to me on a level in the show that I, I was not entirely conscious of beforehand, but you know, there's all these, always these uncontrolled, uh, elements that that come into play um so yeah that some of what you were saying made me made me think a, a little bit about stuff like like that as well but i'm want to go back to this thing because that's such a fascinating element that you brought into and in this this thing of fear um and plan because that's not something that i've necessarily correlated before but it there does seem to be such a strong relationship with it. It's like in so many ways, a plan is like a defense against life, you know, like against us living our, our lives. And, and in many ways, our stories kind of show us that that's a bit of a disaster you know, that the plans, that, that making plans, not only is it a futile gesture, <laughs> your plans are meaningless <laughs> um, to a certain extent. To a certain um, extent. To a certain extent, your plans are meaningless. You know, I'll, I'll kind of throw this one back to, you know, our, our favorite philosopher, Alan Watts, who has a very, one of his biggest sort of shared quotes is, you know, no valid plans for the future can possibly be made by those who have no capacity for living in the present. Um, so it's like, I, I love that quote because it's saying like, Hey, it's not saying that there's no point to a plan, right? That you can't have, have plans to do things, but that has your, a plan has absolutely no purpose and no meaning if you don't know how to actually live presently, mm-hmm. right? If you don't actually know how to live presently, then you're always essentially living for something in the future constantly and and not necessarily to go down that road because that's a whole other topic that I think will get us thrown off in another direction. But um, this thing about fear, like these plans are 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 like a weird sort of protection that we feel that we need to have against this chaotic world 
in a way or what we perceive as being this chaotic world and and i think that what joseph campbell is is kind of imploring people to do is that's like well give up the plan and you might actually discover what your life is about mm-hmm. it's kind of like who made the plan now you go, well, i made the plan but did you right now make the plan that you're living because what have you like the you that made the plan lived in a different life at a different moment at a different time with different perception and different information and different understanding one of the things that i got caught up with and and maybe this will help give context to this whole idea is is when someone betrays you your view of them changes forever and your plans with them and your future with them are forever shook and they they uh, it's very very difficult to just kind of figure out like am i going to continue like are are we going to continue are we still friends are we still lovers are we still whatever partners business partners have it be um and if we're not and this is unworkable and 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 have you changed or have you always been this way and i didn't see it and am i only discovering it now or did something happen and there's all this new information that must enter the 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 plan the the person and what what got me kind of depressed and upset was i didn't want to let go of this glorious plan i had for our future but at the same time i'd been betrayed and and i'd been dealing with the devastation and the you know all the other things that come along with that and the new information that gets entered into you know the context of whatever you're dealing with and now you go okay well like why am i so afraid to let go of the past idea and it it's it's a real like i mean to put it bluntly it's a real mind fuck because you like especially if you've been in a long relationship like people who um have had lifelong friends or life like like a, like a relationship that's lasts for you know or maybe it's not lasted that long but maybe it's been very very intense because that can happen as well but you've 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 created a future with this person you or or these people or this situation and you've you've designed your plans and your dreams and your goals around them being a part of it and all of a sudden it's it's not only maybe are they not even going to be a part of it but they're actively working against it happening even like for whatever reason maybe it's jealousy envy or some other weird uh, thing coming in who knows and now you have to go how do i factor that in and what do i do and in in some ways like you're like making a movie your life is like making a movie and when you get betrayed all of a sudden midway through production you're like we need to recast and does that mean that we can, can carry on with the movie we've been making or do we have to start reshooting the movie from day one again <laughs> you know what i mean it's like but if you try to shoot it midway through and the movie won't work anymore you know if we use that analogy then you're just going to end up with a bad movie that just doesn't make sense and it's all confused and and it's problematic right and it's not going to sell and all that kind of stuff but like if you go okay look cut our losses let's go back like but you're not going back because you don't go back to day one 
the first day one you did. This is a new day one. This is day one today. <laughs> so you don't actually go back, but you go back metaphorically and you go back to today. And today you begin again. And I think like Joseph Campbell's kind of pointing out that like at some point you must begin again, you know, mm -hmm. you must start again. And, um, you know, it doesn't, and I love that actually for one big reason too, Evan, is that if you've been super scared and like victimy and like blamey and like, like a wimp for like most of your life or like a good portion of your life and you're all shamed of that and you're like, this is brutal and you come to awareness. The nice thing about this whole thing is like, that can all just be erased and you can go, okay, I was wimpy. I was cowardly. I was afraid. That's how I used to live my life. But today from now on, I don't live my life that way anymore. And it doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. It gave you context to know why you're a champion today. And that's what matters. And that's um, a, 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 an important part of story. Okay. One last thing. That's an important part of story. And that's the difference between an active character and a passive character. See an active character gets to work on their life. A passive character blames their past and their history and they get caught in victimy, blamey, all that stuff. And look, I've been both. I'm not saying like, um, I haven't, but like one is clearly better. <laughs> <laughs> one option is clearly better, not only for you, it's a better story and it's better for your future and your present. Yeah, it's, I think it's, you know, this quote is like, do you have a closed stance to life or do you have an open stance to life mm. as well, you know? And I think that sometimes, you know, we've seen those people or we've seen those stories of the person who, oh, well, life didn't go according to their plan and they become bitter and resentful and they just kind of shut down. They kind of give up. And, you know, and sometimes that, that can be a compelling story too, right? Because you see the person actually find their way out of that. There's loads of stories like that, you know, where there's the person who's just a closed off person because certain things happened in their life that didn't go to the way that they wanted them to. Well, and, I've heard it. Can I say one thing? I've heard it yeah, said yeah. that all stories are either an inspiration or a warning sign. And so mm. is everyone's life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that's, that's very much true. It's like we, it needs to be one or the other. If you don't give a hopeful ending, then it needs to be a clear, like, uh, yeah, like a like a war like a warning, like a you know, beware of of this path. Yes. Um because yes. Of this is this is where it will this is where it will take you, kind of a thing, right? Um or yeah, or or an inspirational, like transcend, grow, right? Because that that's the, basically the alternative. You either transcend or you grow, you open up to life, you expand into these situations or you retract from them and it's a tragedy. Right. And I think that's very much in lines with the, the kind of the body of work of Joseph Campbell, which is like, it's that encouragement, expand into it, expand into it, expand into the unexpected moments. Right. Because we just, um, you know, I think that so often we don't even know what's good for ourselves. We don't even know what's best for ourselves so often. And life is kind of this incredible 
thing where, you know, as the Rolling Stones would say, you can't always get what you want, but sometimes you get what you need, right? And hey, man, that's a great song. It's mm. a great song that people were always like, that everyone's just like, yeah, like we hear that song and there's like, it, it, I think that song has endured with such strength because we're like, yeah, fuck yeah, I can relate to that. Like, because so many times I haven't got what I wanted, but I've definitely got what I needed and it wasn't always easy, mm -hmm. right? I resisted it. I fought it. I, you know, refused to accept it. Um, but then once I did, I discovered something. Mm. I discovered something so incredibly valuable that I can't possibly see my life without having learned that or having found this, you know, uh, so I think that this thing is everywhere, you know, this, this message, this quote, um, that Joseph, you know, it's like, we, we find it everywhere and we, and we kind of recognize it at some level, but there's definitely this sense of resistance that I f even feel within myself about this whole thing of like, Oh, like plans, get rid of your plans, get rid. No, 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 no. Because we've all been told like, no, you got to have a plan. You've always got to have a plan. You got to have a plan. Well, have a plan. It's just adapt the plan. Just don't get so rigid about it. That's all. I mean, I think planning is important. I think goals are important. I think that stuff matters, but I don't, I don't know if being rigid about it is good for you. I think that's kind of what, what the point is, is like, look, like if your life is working and it's going along great and things are moving and you're heading and you're trucking towards where you want to go, then by all means, continue to project into the future, the plan and what you're going to do and how you're going to work this out and all that stuff. And it's just going along smoothly. But when things get, you know, thrown sideways or a spoke in the wheel, like, or, like, or a, a stick in the spokes <laughs> or the wheel, however you do that damn analogy, um, <laughs> you know, like, uh, and, you, and, and things just go awry, adapt, adapt the plan, change the plan, be, be responsive with the plan. Because sometimes I think in life plans work great and they just go smooth and everything works nice and, and planning is good and it's helpful because you can kind of see a few steps in the future and you know what you're mm -hmm. doing. But sometimes in life, it doesn't matter how well you plan. It just keeps going to shit. Like every time you think, oh, I'll do this now. And it goes to shit. You go, okay, that didn't work. I'll go try this. And that goes to shit. And then you try something else and it just keeps not working. You can start to build this. Well, um, it just, no matter what I do, it doesn't work out. That's a victim mentality. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you talked about hope and inspiration earlier. And I, and something that I think is really important for people to remember is that if nine times it's just gone to shit, you still, the hero has hope that this time it'll work out. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the, the person that you talked about who uh, goes into despair and they go into resentment and all of that stuff, they've lost that this time it'll work out. They've decided mm -hmm. that it'll never work out. That's the difference. And by the way, this is a very interesting little tidbit. When I did like, story research and I went off on my own and I researched the depths of this shit. And like, I mean, I still am trying to learn more and more about it all the time and it's endless. But one of the basic things I learned fun, fundamental foundational things I learned was that there was only two types of genres back in the day, like in Shakespeare time. And before that, you know what they were comedy and tragedy. <laughs> that was it. And tragedy was drama and comedy 
was funny. And when I think about that, I go, how interesting. Because the bad shit can happen to either people, but do you laugh at it? <laughs> yeah. Can you can you laugh at it? Can you move on? Can you can you can you find how it's crazy and silly and all of that stuff and bounce back and kind of go again? Or is it tragedy? Is it does it lead to your demise? Does it lead to your end? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, is it the end? Because that's what a tragedy is. It means that your story ended and you died. I mean, that's basically what it's saying, right? Hey, everybody, this is Evan, and this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Yeah, or some yeah. part of you, you died. From what, from my understanding, like we, the actual sort of origins of, like if you get into like the etymology of the words, like comedy and tragedy are still actually extraordinarily functional terms. They're kind of like a binary for, a very general binary for stories and from what i understand the actual like sort of the original thing is we think of comedy more as like oh something that makes you laugh mm. but the actual origins of comedy is basically like does it have a happy ending right like a happy ending to a story is actually a, a comedy in its like sort of original story and something that has a sad ending is a tragedy yeah that's like the kind of a very basic sort of look at it but um but yeah no that that's just like a little bit of well i think you history you, to that yeah no but this is great because i think this brings context into it let's go back to this quote i'm going to read it again because i feel yeah. like i want to bring this comedy tragedy thing into it we must be willing to get rid of the life we've planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us and i think the, the, the life first we one's planned, a tragedy the second one. Sorry, I'm 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 stealing it. No, no, you. go ahead, go ahead, jump in. I, I'm curious to hear what you say. No, go I ahead. was just gonna say the first one is a tragedy. Yes. The second one is 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 the comedy. Yes, that's. I agree. I think so. And 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 you mentioned this actually earlier, just a few moments ago. You said like we kind of meet the tragedy, like we die, right? Like like we meet our end. But that's the thing is like the tragedy turns into a comedy and all of a sudden it's not a tragedy anymore, but it's a tragedy temporarily. And I think like we are constantly in flux between tragedies and comedies all the time and trying to figure out how to respond to those tragedies. You know, um, mm -hmm. betrayal is a tragedy. It's, it is a tragedy. It's tragic, man. Like to have a relationship and then have someone betray or, or do something like that or have a friendship or a business partner or anything like that. It's a tragedy. It's really, it sucks, but how are you going to turn around? How are you going to turn the story around? How are you going to keep going? Like, does it end there or does it continue? And if it continues, it all of a sudden goes from tragedy back into a comedy once again. And before the betrayal, it was a comedy because it was working out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to throw like kind of a story structure in here. Uh, oh yeah. And there was one other thing I wanted to mention as well. Cause you, you had mentioned something about, oh, when things go awry, like in the story, like when things go awry, uh, we can argue that that's also, that it's gone awry is actually just a perspective on it. Mm. That's like a judgment on what has happened. And and don't get me wrong. It's sometimes hard things happen, but in many ways, it's just like, Oh, 
that there's something wrong with what has happened is a perspective, right? And and again, what this is, the this man, it's incredible. I didn't realize how, just how deep this this one little quote actually goes because there's so many fucking layers to this, but um, there's so many. Um, oh shit, lost my train of thought. Yeah, I think it's good you're, acknowledge, you're acknowledging it. Like yeah. you're acknowledging the layers. <laughs> I'm just kind of holding the, holding the air for a sec. Just think about it. But like, it is good that you're acknowledging the layers of this because yeah, like I'm realizing the same thing as we're going into this. Uh, and and it, it's interesting because I feel like this is something that no matter how aware of it you are, you constantly kind of get stuck with it. You know, like you get stuck, like you get stuck in that life you've planned and jumping into that life that's waiting for you, it's not always an easy transition, even if you're aware of this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I th- and, and I think what I was trying to get to was that, you know, the sense of awry, that things have gone awry is like, it's like, well, you don't know that. You actually don't know that things have gone awry. This is actually maybe completely part of your story. Mm-hmm. You can look at the, you know, one of the, the oldest sort of tales that that exists that is so deep with like metaphor and and whatever you look at something like um homer's odyssey right the story of odysseus like basically lost quote unquote lost for like 10 years it might even be longer than that but i think maybe it was 10 years he was gone um trying to get home the whole time like the whole story is about just him, like he had to go away, but he's just trying to get home. And on the way, all of these this crazy shit happens, right? There's the sirens, right? Like I don't, I'm not super intimate with the story, but you know, I know some elements of it, but there's the sirens, right? That are wrecking the ships. There's the temptation of something that brings you to ruin. There is the Medusa, which I'm going to say... There's probably somebody out there who's listening to this who's like, guys, this is fucking obvious. Who uh, <laughs> studied it? But it's like, you know, Medusa is like, uh, is like the fear, right? Medusa is like this horrifying creature with all these fu- snakes for fucking hair, you know. And if you look at it, right? If if you if you look into its gaze, you're frozen. You're frozen by it. And so you have to, to to outwit it. And then there's, I feel like there's also an island that they go to where they're just being pleasured by these gorgeous women the whole time. And eventually they go, guys, we can't fucking stay here. Like, we got to go home. Like, we can't just stay here and live like this for the rest of our lives, right? There's so many things that that he learns, you know, that the main character learns on this journey, Um that by the time that he gets home, he he has now he now has all of the skills he needs to actually be a leader for the city that he left because he's like the he's the leader of of the of this town of this city, right? And he's been gone all this time, but he learns actually what it what he needs in order to to be a leader of other people to be a husband, to be a father. He learns all of this stuff. 
And also what's crazy is that nobody fucking knows what happened to him. He comes back and nobody knows that like what he's been through in this whole thing. And none of it was planned. Right. But it gives him absolutely everything that he needed. And he had to go through that before he could actually come home, Hmm. which is like, there's fascinating. There's so many fascinating things about, about the story. And, you know, there are other stories in which we can, we can point to like, I'll, I'll hand it back over to you. I'll just say this one thing quickly because it also popped into my mind, but like, let's look at this classic story trope of the love of a person's life. Who's just right. Who's been in front of them the whole time. Right. There's been this other person that they've been looking at and they've have this idea of, Oh, I want to be with that person and that's, and I'm going to have a life with them. And maybe they even get a shot with them. That's very often a, a thing that happens. They get their shot, they get their opportunity and then they get to know them and they realize that they're kind of a fucking terrible human being. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I don't really like you, you know? And then there's the realization of like, Oh shit, there's this person that's been here this whole time. And I've been so consumed and wrapped up in my idea of being with this person that I didn't, not only did I not realize there was this person that, that was there that fucking loved me this whole time, but I was so wrapped up also in my idea about this other person that I wasn't even able to recognize that I also loved this person. Hmm. You know, like that's also part of the, that, that whole story. So that's kind of like a more, I guess, common, (laughs) you know, slice of life type of story. But we've seen that story so many times as well. And, and we continue to see that story and tell that story because it's a reflection of this, of this, incredible quote yeah that's good man wow <laughs> i'm glad I you said laid a lot there appreciate um, appreciate you just sticking back for a bit oh man i i enjoyed it i mean it's uh it, i'm glad you went over that you know i it's it's a book i i'm not sure if i read it or not but i kind of knew that i kind of knew a bit about it but like yeah i don't think i have i, I need to reread it i need to read it first of all but it's like you know, I think with plan, it's like, um, you, you, you know, you make a plan and you, you make a plan with the knowledge and awareness that it's not going to go as planned, but you do it anyway. And, you know, a lot of people, they don't write down their goals and they don't set goals and they don't do that. Cause they go, well, I don't, I, I just want to be, I just want to do, you know, I want to be disappointed, whatever their thing is. Right. And it's like, yeah, but the thing is, is like, you set a mark out there, you know, you, you, you go, okay, well, this is where I'm going, you know? And, and like, in this example, you talked about the love of the life, the love of your life is right in front of you. It's your best friend that you don't notice. And then the person you want is this far distant mountain that you think you need to go and reach and climb and, you know, conquer to some some degree, whatever, like I'm using weird words, but let's work with it anyway. So you go out to this mountain out there to realize that the place you were when you left was where you wanted to be only to come back to where you were (laughs) to realize that that was the place. And the thought that you 
wasted your time going out to this mountain only to come back to where you were was somehow a waste and pointless is you're totally missing the point. You had to leave what actually matters so that you could understand that it matters. And your plans are like that. But the thing is, is like, you need them because you don't realize how awesome it is where you are right now. That's, that's one of the biggest things. Like, and so like, you could try to get ahead of this, but like, you're going to have to go out in the world and experience the world. You're going to have to get marred by the dirt and you're going to have to just, you know, you're going to have to scuff your knees and do all that stuff to realize what it's like to be at peace. Like, you know, like you got to do all these silly things sometimes to appreciate what you have. And, Mm -hmm. and in some ways, um, you know, until you realize that everything you have, everything, you know, everything you are can be lost. How do you know to be grateful for it? You know, I think they're Mm -hmm. like, once you start realizing, man, like, like people just die, they just fucking die. Like people don't realize this because you just take it for granted. You're like, I'll see them tomorrow, you know, blah, blah, blah. And people just fucking die. And all of a sudden they're there one day and they're not there the next. And you never got to say goodbye. And sometimes occasionally for some people, the last thing they said to them was something shitty. And it's embarrassing and it's shameful and it's hard to live with if that happens for you. And you sometimes need to experience that type of brutal pain so that you can realize that every time you talk to someone, this might be the last time you ever see them alive and breathing. And you might think, oh, you know, like life's so hard right now. And you don't appreciate the fact that you can fucking walk and you can breathe and you can do all this stuff. And like, there's this, like, there's this part of your life. I think like part of this quote too, like the plan and like this life that you're waiting to live, the life that you have where you're unhappy is the life of not being grateful it's being in fear. It's being in like this whole thing of taking everything for granted. The life on the other side, that's a life of appreciation. That's a life of love. That's a life of acknowledgement. That's a life of, um, I say love because love is the opposite and gratitude is the opposite of fear. And when you kind of cross the chasm over into that life, you begin to actually see the world in a whole different way. And the plans you made in your selfish, arrogant, ungrateful, fearful place become almost embarrassing and shameful. And you, you become grateful that you never achieved them because they came from such a horrid place. You know what I mean? And every human carries that with them. This is one of the biggest messages that I would, I would love people to get in our generation every single one of us has these selfish, arrogant uh, things. And it doesn't, it's human, man. It's, 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 it's human, man. You're born with such fucking vibrance and life and health and youth, most of us. And you just take all of that for granted. You just think, oh, like this is just whatever. And you go, oh, I can't get the fucking cupcake. Meanwhile, it's like, you don't understand what you have. And you're worried about, I can't, I'm not making enough money at work. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And you have all this fucking vibrance in your body right now. Right. And if you're young, the sooner you figure that out, the better off you are. 
And the sooner your dreams, your goals, and ambitions become your reality. And don't wait till you're old to learn those lessons. Try to do it now. And the only way you're going to do it now, man, is scuff your fucking knee. Feel some pain. Start to realize what kind of body you're walking around in. You know what I mean? Start to realize that before you lose all this shit, what it's worth. You know what I mean? And this, you know, but if you, if you find out at the end of your life, good on you, because like the worst thing you can possibly do is just live your whole life in this small little, uh, you know, like fearful, wimpy, victimy place and just die there, like die in the Valley and never climb any mountains to ever look over and see what was possible for you. Even if you climb the most basic of fucking mountains in your life, just to see that there's another greater mountain you could climb. It, just to do that is an amazing feat in the human existence. But if you mm. never leave the valley, if you just go, well, that's where I was born. This is how I live. This is who I am. And you just, you just accept that. You know, you don't know, you don't know what's on the other side of the hill, man. You just never been up there. You just stayed in the safety of the darkness of your life. Right. So I don't know, man, I, mm. I get, I, I get a little epic about these kind of, you know, these analogies in this description, but I can tell you, man, there's just no point in staying in the valley. And I know you're scared to leave. I know people are scared to leave. I get it. I've been scared to leave. I fucking understand every day. I understand because you don't, you don't just get there. Once you get there again, you find yourself there again. And you know what, if you've seen the mountaintop before you understand that these valleys, these dark places, these hard places we walk through, they end, you know, and the plans you're making in these dark places, they seem bleak, but just understand that when you start seeing the light again, when you start climbing the mountain, when you start getting a view, your plans change and your dreams change and they open up and they expand because all of a sudden what was not possible one day becomes possible the next. And never forget that what seems possible today might seem impossible tomorrow. So do it fucking today. Do it now. Do it this minute. Turn off this fucking podcast and go do it if it's burning in your heart. Like, do it fucking right now. Like, you're going to die in a second. And if you live like that, man, holy shit, you will be calling us saying, thank you for saying that. I didn't know it was in me. And I'm telling you, it is. I'm fucking screaming from the mountaintop saying, crawl fucking crawl out of the darkness of whatever it is where you're, where you live in this world where your dreams are not possible, fucking crawl out of it. They are possible. And what is in you, you have no idea. And you will be so ashamed if you waste it because you're going to find out one day, maybe, and that will be the hardest day of your life if you've wasted it. So don't. <laughs> And then, you'll you have, and then you'll have to expand into that moment. <laughs> yeah. Because right? right. then that becomes your story, right? It's like, it's like, oh, wow, I have this shame. I have this regret. I have these things. Now what do you do with that? Right. Right. What That's do you the do tragedy. With that? What do you do with that? Yeah. You know, and, you know, and, and I, it's, it's never too late to be what you might have been. It's never too late to, to just, uh, I said, begin again. You have this recognition and something, you know, that's another story we love to see is that redemption story, that redemption of somebody who's been in the fucking hole for too long. 
you know, for too long. Yeah. It's and, inspirational when they come out of it because yeah. it shows it, 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 I think it inspires us, you know, like it inspires us to be like, well, if they could do it, maybe I could. Yeah. You know, and I think story is so powerful that way. Cause when you're in your hard moments, you know, sometimes you go, fuck, like someone, someone crawled out of this. It gives me a little hope. Cause if they did it, maybe I could, you know, and, and maybe that's all you got. Mm-hmm. And when you're scrambling, when you're in survival mode, when you're just trying to get by day to day and you don't know what the point of your future is, like most people don't understand what that is. And most people, I hope they never have to because it's brutal. But when you're there, you don't even know. But sometimes seeing a little bit of glimmer of light somewhere out there, that's mm-hmm. all you need just to be like, maybe if I keep going, maybe I'll see that light. Maybe that light will be in my world. And that can, that can, you can travel fucking so far if you just, you know, and I think that's, you know, that's part of the beauty of story too, right? Is that our stories are inspirational to other people. Like that was one thing too, man. I was, I remember being in my darkest moment, Evan. I remember being like, if I get the fuck out of this thing, I'm going to be an inspiration to people because this is fucking brutal. And I'm like, that's, I think why I fucking talk the way I talk today because I know what that's like. I like, at least to my personal experience, and maybe people have been in harder or darker than I have, but look, I'm telling you, man, when you come out of it, you're so fucking grateful to be alive. (laughs) It's just every day is a fucking gift after that. And especially if you just beat that shit, you beat it. Like, and it pops up every now and then, you know, and it rears its ugly little head every, every once in a while. But and in my opinion, I've beaten it. You know, I came out of that story. I fucking championed that shit. And and so when I like what it took for me to do that, the like the wherewithal, the fucking intestinal fortitude, the fucking willingness to just push through the tears and the anger and all the other shit, and to forgive not just other people but myself as well, for not even being able to forgive other people. You know, at one point we've talked about that. You know, it's like. You come out of that and you go, fuck, man, there's so much in us. If we just, if we, you know, and and these types of moments, they remind me, they remind me of even being more grateful that I have another chance, you know? And, and I think that, that we can all grant ourselves that chance, you know, if we can just let go of whatever the hell is holding us back. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, what's coming up uh, that I think that complements this as well, and honestly, I think that uh, down the line we're going to have to have probably going to be bringing in another Joseph Campbell quote <laughs> into this into this series because there's so many, but I'm going to just throw a little one in here that, you know, Joseph Campbell was also one of his most shared, famous quotes was follow your bliss you know that was his advice to all of his students you know on on you know as they were heading out into the world was was follow your bliss like it was his one piece of advice you know and i think in relationship to this thing it's it's it has a lot to 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 add to it it complements it very nicely which is you know the bliss is an alive thing, you know, it's, uh, 
it's something that's in you that's changing that's that's moving and 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 can grow with you um that isn't necessarily that isn't necessarily the plan right the the idea of something but it's it's a it's a feeling um which i think is the second part of you know this quote like so that you can um you know say so you so you can have the life that so that as to have the life that is waiting for us um which i think is part of this following your bliss i wanted to shoot this down into it's maybe a little bit of a rabbit hole and <laughs> maybe a bit of a big one to be putting in at this at this time in the conversation but it's something that's popped up a few times in in my mind as we've been talking but you know there's this idea that's out there um particularly within uh, a lot of eastern philosophies which uh, any regular listeners know that I'm a fan of some eastern philosophies around here but um I've recently been reading uh, quite a little bit about the um you know about the Tao you know the ideas of the Tao which is you know can be translated into a simple translation would be nature but that would be in some ways an oversimplification of it but just the nature of ev- of everything of existence of life of the universe what what have you this sort of um pattern of that we are all a part of right and you know there's this sense that we live in in the western world particularly which is you know kind of kind of surmised in the expression of like us against the world or me again or you against the world kind of thing there's this uh, there's this separation that exists. There's you, and then there's this thing called there's this thing called you, and there's this thing called the world, and they're they're not related to each other, really. Any relationship is really just through contact, right? Like you're playing some sort of a contact sport with each other, and it's a battle. Like it's a battle. There's this there's this world that's trying to that's trying to fucking win over you, and there's you trying to win over the world, right? And this kind of idea um, is actually uh, very foreign uh, to something in the Tao, which is like there is no, there's no you and the world. There's this, there's this you and world doing each other in a, in a, in a kind of way. There's like this, <laughs> like it's, there's, there's no kind of separation. Um, there's no separation of that thing that, that, that whole sort of subject object is actually a confusion of the mind and isn't actually a real thing. This might sound like I'm kind of really going off here on, on some bizarre tangent but I do believe it has a lot to do with this quote that we are talking about so we can have um, so that we can have the life that is waiting 
for us, right? Mm. Which mm. implies this relationship, this very intimate relationship that you are a part of, that you are a part of, not a part of or from. Mm -hmm. You and the world and your life, this existence, there is a thing that you are doing together is what I think is also being implied in this quote, right? And in many ways, it's like get rid of the plan so that you can actually be a part of that thing, right? Mm -hmm. That is waiting for you, that is calling to you, that is inviting you instead of trying to just do unto the world. <laughs> Does that make sense? I hope I like oh brought this God. back around, but <laughs> dude, I love that. That's so good. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that in this, this conversation has had so many levels and so many layers and it's almost one of those ones where to, to break all, to break it all down and to like, just to understand it, it can, could be kind of complicated, but it's, it's actually quite simple because when you see that the story and the character are not separate things, but, but the same working in unison, working in relationship. And if you saw the, you see, if you saw life or your story as a loving, benevolent force and something tragic or bad happened to you, but you saw that as a loving gift to your life, like it was done to give you something, you would, you could respond with the ability to be like, this is hard, but I'm thankful for the hard part of this because it's teaching me something that I wouldn't be able to get without it being hard. I share this story often in class um, with new students at some point during our journey together, where I talk about my friend, George, who he died tragically uh, when I was like uh, 21 and his death was so hard for me. It was just so devastating because like, I realized at that moment, like we could just lose everything. Everything could just be gone. But I, I honor him all the time as like an angel in my life to be like, you taught me why it's important to go after my dreams now today and not to wait and not to put it off and not to, you know, and, and you taught me why the friends I have matter right now. Because tomorrow I might be getting a call that they're, they're gone. And, um, you know, I try to look at that experience instead of, it was a tragedy, but I try to look at it as I was given this person in my life to care about and to love as a blessing that was going to teach me to honor and appreciate every other person in my life who came close to me. Um, and, and without him, I don't know who I would be. And without his death, I don't know who I would be. Um, and and I, I think that there's like this, this wonderful part of it all where, you know, your plans are made not from the person you truly are deep down underneath, like that true self, higher self part of you. They're made from the lower self 
part of you that thinks they can control and thinks you know better. And, and part of your responsibility is letting go of that person, that lower self, you know, part of you that thinks they know how this life should go and embracing the higher self version of you that looks at challenging moments as a gift and, 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 and uses them to enrich who they can be in the world. Cause look, George did not die in vain. George lives on through me every fucking day. That guy, like if, if some, if my life meant that to someone, I would be absolutely fucking honored. And that's how I look at George. George to me is someone who his life and everything he would have done. I'm taking that on in my own way, in the best that I can, because through him, he taught me how to care about, he taught me how to care about so many things and so many people. And, you know, like, so he's not, he didn't just die. He lives, man. And this is the thing, man, your life is transcendent of you. Right. And I think that's, that's so much about what this second half of this quote is, um, as to have the life that is waiting for us. Right. Um, you know, and like George didn't get to live the life that I got to live. Fucking breaks my heart, man. They stop and think about it. It breaks my fucking heart. And all the things that we were going to do together. And I got to do them and he didn't. I got to do so many of them and he didn't. Fucking breaks my heart. And the thing is, is the fact that like he's in my heart as I'm doing them. I mean, in a way, like I'm closer to him than I might have been if he was alive. It's, it's, it's fucking wild. You know what I mean? It's wild to think about that. And like, I, I don't know what happens after you die. I don't know if it's just that's it and you don't know, or if you carry on in some type of form, or if you have any awareness of what happens in the impact of your life and how it carries on with other people. But if it carries on, man, I hope that I hope that he can have this moment and be like, you know, like it's just, you know, like man, when you have when you have that kind of connection, man, there is nothing to fear anymore. I just I don't know how to explain that other than to show through my emotion. And I'm not trying to show you through my emotion. It's just hitting me in this moment. But I realize like this life I'm living, it doesn't end with me. And so why should I be so scared? Even if I don't know what happens after I'm gone, in a way I still live on, you know? And, and so does everyone else who's willing to, to dare to care, to dare to love, to dare to put their heart on the line. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I think that, you know, your plans, when, when you put that in perspective, they're so minuscule compared to that. They're just so small and and they're important to you and they're important to your experience, of course, but, and, and they should be, and you're, you know, I'm not undermining that by any means, but just understand that you in all your glory live on through everybody who got to interact with you, you know? And so, um, you know, I, I just think like, um, yeah, plans don't always go the way we want them to, man. Like I, I fucking, 
if you would have told me like, this guy's going to die at this point in your life. And you know, he's going to be your like best friend at that point, pretty much like, I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't have wanted that. I wouldn't ask for that, but look at me now, man. And I mean, if that moves somebody on the other end of this podcast, then, then, you know, in a way, like, it's just such a, a blessing, you know, it's, it's just life is a crazy fucking ride. Isn't it? You know, it's a crazy ride. And, uh, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I try not to be scared. You know, I, I, I have my moments. I, I mean, I get scared. I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect. I, you know, sometimes I talk a bigger game than I can actually live. And, and I am aware of that, but I do really try to transcend it. And I really do believe in transcending it and God willing. I mean, I'll do everything I can to transcend it. And whether I succeed or not, I mean, I'll die trying. I mean, so that's worth it. You know, I think there's something in that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, man, I mean, this, I love that you brought that in though. This, uh, let me bring this right back. Sorry. Uh, let me bring this right back. You talked about how like, like life is not, it's not like, or our plans or whatever are not separate from us. We're the same. Um, that's kind of what triggered all of that, which is that when you don't see yourself as separate from it, when you see yourself as a part of it, it all kind of, it all, it's not like you against it. It's you with it, working it out. And what if life is working it out with you and it doesn't have all the answers either? You know what I mean? Like maybe you're not so alone with it. Maybe you're a team, maybe you're like in a relationship with it, you know? And, and, and that kind of is what it sparked on for me. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't remember who said it or where I read it or heard it, but it was something to the effect of, of we're so busy we're so busy fighting with life when it's trying to dance with us or something, <laughs> or something like that oh yeah that's good yeah you know it's like it's like you know because it is like we we speak on so many terms of like you know this fight with life this you know like grappling with with life and you know we we have these sort of expressions of like uh in which is very reflective of very much our attitude in a lot of ways of how we, of how we live and how we experience and, uh, and just being like, no, it's, it's the, the problem is, is that you're the one who's fighting and it's trying to dance, <laughs> right? Why don't you join the dance? Uh, you know, cause we also, analogy. because we also have those yeah. expressions too. We also have, it's like the dance of life, right? Mm. That's also something that, but although I find that's kind of less, less frequent these days. Um, but, um, but yeah, man, uh, you know what? Let's, let's beer break for a second here. I agree. I think it's time to, I think we've gone, we've gone the depths with this. Yeah. <laughs> At least I have personally. And, um, definitely, you know, let's have some beer. Let's wrap it up. All and, right. Uh, you know, and, and maybe we'll carry some of these things on in another conversation. Sounds good. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about my beer. I'm drinking, um, I've had stuff from, from this brewery before. This is from La Cerveceria Astieros in North Vancouver. And this is their La Reina Amber Lager. So it's kind of a sunny day. Felt like something kind of uh, nice and fresh. And it's, 
it's great. I don't know if I've had this amber lager from them before, but it's uh, it's good. Like it's nice and easy to drink, but it's got a little, it's got a little extra something to to taste in it. So, yeah, I've been wonderful. Awesome. Well, I'm having a beer from Red Deer. And uh, I don't think I've had anything from this brewery before on the podcast or ever. Um, and they're called Troubled Monk, I believe. Um, <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. Um, this one's called Open Road American Brown Ale. It's pretty tasty, actually. Um, and and I didn't really, like, go out to get this beer because, you know, it's, like, kind of becoming warm and everything. And I don't usually go for darker beers during, like, the warmer seasons. But... Um, we have a guest over and they wanted some dark beer for cooking and we just ended up getting a bunch of it. So I was like, okay, well, I guess this is what, let's, let's try it. And it's, it's, it's quite tasty. It's really good. Um, it's a nice, it's a nice brown ale. What can I say? Uh, but that's it. So that's what I'm having trouble monk today. Um, okay. Let let me, what's that? I love the name (laughs) troubled monk. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So let me just kind of say my last piece and then you wrap it up. Well, look, I mean, you you, look, you're doing your life the best you can. And if you've made mistakes or you've done anything like, uh, you know, that you know better today, I mean, forgive yourself, give yourself a break and, uh, you know, move on. Don't, don't drag the past with you. I did that for a long time. That was a really hard part of the, um, uh, the leaving of the Valley of depression, if you want to call it that, where I dragged the past quite a ways, you know, and I, I just dragged it like a couple of weights, you know, just carrying it behind me, trying to get somewhere, but it's just, it was always there. And, um, you know, Evan, you said something to me once and I've brought this up a few times, but I'll bring it up again. You said, you know, I said, oh man, I can, I just can't forgive these two or three people. I just like, I can't, I, I don't know what to do. I've forgiven all these others, but it's just, these people just gets me. And you said, well, can you forgive yourself for not being able to forgive them? And that truly was a big turning point for me. You know, that was a really big point in the journey where I just feel like I was like, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. And eventually my forgiving myself led to being able to kind of forgive them. And, you know, maybe there's still a little bit of resonance of that that still gets dragged in with me and i haven't fully worked it out yet but at the same time i can forgive myself for that and i think that's part of this first part of the quote you know we must be willing to get rid of the life we've planned and i think when i was it was so hard is because like with a few people in my life i feel like there's this life i planned and i thought it was great and i thought we all thought it was great and their actions and their behaviors and their decisions um, you know, kind of kiboshed it in my opinion. Right. And so it's like, I was upset, you know, and, and this is part of me. It's just like, yeah, but you know, maybe that wasn't the life that we were supposed to live. You know, maybe that was only supposed to take us to here so that we could go on and do this other thing, you know, and maybe that was only there to give us context. Like the story I shared with my friend, George, who only made it till I was 21, but he gave me context since then in my life that is moving to a lot of people, obviously moving to me. And, you know, it defines 
a lot of how I decide to live today. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just think there's something on the other side, you know, and, uh, you don't know what it is and you sometimes don't know how you're going to get there, but trust it, work with it, do your best. And, you know, and, uh, I hope that, uh, with this podcast, I guess, you know, I hope we're here with you and for you and, and you're here with us. And I think it's just the human experience. We're all trying, right. We're all doing our best. I think I want to leave this one on just coming back to the man himself, the man of the hour, Mr. Joseph Campbell. And, uh, at the start, introducing him a little bit, I was saying that from my stance, from my perspective, um, you know, really what he was inviting us to do was to embrace a more creative, imaginative, um, it just bigger view of our lives than it might occur to us to look at, to see the, to see the, the odyssey of our lives, to see the, the, the with the, the with the myth that we are in the process of weaving for ourselves right now. And to see ourselves as that hero in this life that is, is fucking sacred. You know, that's something that's built into like, you know, the foundations of our society is this recognition that, that life is sacred. That includes you. Your life is sacred and you're weaving a story and nobody can tell you what that story is. You're, and not even, you know what that story is. You're going to find out what that story is. And can we open up to that? And so I think that, yeah, Joseph Campbell, in many ways, he was opening up this thing of, can you, in, inviting us into this certain perspective on who we are. And this quote that we've been working with today is in another invitation into how much can we surrender ourselves a little bit? How much can we let go a little bit so that we can actually hear the deepest parts of ourselves uh, and hear what the world is and, and life is asking of us. Um, which reminds me of another terrific quote by uh, Parker Palmer. Uh, says like, you know, most of us are so busy asking life for things when we don't really spend any time listening to what life is asking of us. I think that that one also has a lot to do with this thing. What is life asking of us? That's a very important thing to, <laughs> to maybe sit with for a little bit because maybe what it's asking of us is actually, is actually the beating heart at what's the core of who we are. It's not actually something different. It's not actually at odds with us. It's not actually set against us. It's actually there for us, calling us, saying, please just listen, because I am your beating heart. 
Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.